My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. everybody welcome to film code my name is phoenix cloud and joined of course by our season three co-breaking champion brandon how are you sir man i'm good phoenix it is good to be back it's good to be talking more uh more i guess what what are we wrapping up this yeah because we're at the end of october we are officially wrapping up spooky season um and with that being said it is going to be moving on to christmas and holiday hanukkah (laughs) movies which there are very very little of (laughs) <laughs> and Kwanzaa. Oh, that would be yes. fun. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Chris Mahana Kwanzaa? <laughs> Chris Mahana Kwanzaa season. Yeah. 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 I hope everybody's uh, going to make their turduckins this year for Thanksgiving. Or, or your turduckins. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Phoenix? Um, awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Super. I'm, I'm kind of both like excited that it's the end of spooky season and also kind of sad because this has been a great one like this has been a really great uh set of movies that we've gone through um a lot of them i'd never seen before so it was also great to just knock these this list off of really really impressive horror films so Mm. i'm super excited uh about that 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 has been the funnest part of this i said funnest. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah like i um i did a thing where i i went back and watched uh 31 different horror films um this this one that's month that i've never seen before and just there are some standout ones i um child's play pearl x texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. shutter island man signs those are great yeah but there's just there's so many like i would love to um I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna post it on uh, on uh, X my list of it all. Um, but like I've been ranking them all. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Um, I am excited to wrap up this uh, this spooky season month with 31 horror films I haven't seen. That's awesome, and I can't wait to see that because uh, yeah, I definitely want to see how how that turned out. Just the few that you mentioned, I'm like, that's a that's one heck of a competition for the number one spot. So I'm very very I- excited. I think you'll be surprised where I have hereditary. Ooh, ooh, yes, definitely. All right. Uh, so, but we are here to talk about Carrie, nineteen seventy six, directed by Brian De Palma, starring Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie. Um, so this is the first time I'd ever seen this movie. Um, the 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 concept is Carrie is a girl who has telekinesis powers and she's a girl who's been tortured and bullied by her classmates and also her hyper-religious mother uh, to the point where she just completely snaps. Um, This movie is so ahead of its time. It's ridiculous. And it's done, I think, in my opinion, very, very well. But Mm -hmm. I have like We'll get into it in a second, but like there's there's one or two things I, I, I'm dying to say about this movie. Uh, but 
Brandon, let's start with you. Had you seen this before, and what was your impression of it? This was actually a first-time watch for me. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, last week when you shot that message out, we're like, what if we're reviewing this week? And you were like, are we still going with Werewolves in London? I'm like, ah, not, not really. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. Um, how about we do Carrie? And at that time, I was wrapping up watching Carrie. So I'm like, this is perfect. Nice. So yeah. I'm like, okay, because I'm like, because there was just so much in my brain. I'm like, I'm like, this is a like, like, like you were just saying, this is a really good movie. There's a lot of sequences where it's definitely ahead of its time, but I do have gripes with it, mm. and it's not faulting back then. Mm-mm. It's it's me thinking about how it, how it holds up, stands the test of time today. You know, mm. for its time, it was revolutionary. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> like stupid revolutionary. It it. There's so much I want to get into that, honestly, we're about to break the seal of spoilers very early, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like right now, because there's so many cool things about this movie that I, I just absolutely have to talk about. Uh, so I hope you've seen Carrie. It's only 43 years old. <laughs> or sorry, forty. There's a remake out there, right? There's a remake. There's a sequel. Yeah, I don't recommend those. But uh, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, now's your chance to pause this episode, go and check it out, come back and hear our full unvarnished thoughts. So um, I'm gonna kick this off talking about Brian De Palma's execution of this story, right? So. Obviously, I'd known about Carrie. Like, 1976, it's now 2023. I've been around for a couple of decades, and I've known that, I've known where this has come from, right? I I actually saw the the sequel, right? I saw the sequel. I didn't see the original. So I know the story, right? Girl with telekinesis powers gets bullied, snaps, kills everybody, right? That's That's the general basis, right? So when it starts... I was impressed and also frustrated at one, how quickly I got on Carrie's side and also, <laughs> also how freaking long it took to kill everybody. <laughs> like, 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 so that's where I was at. I was like, within the first five minutes, I was genuinely like, everybody in here needs to die. <laughs> like, like, Within the first five minutes, just like, nope, I'm on Carrie's side. Instantly, every single person that she is interacting with got to go. <laughs> except for, like, the exception of, like, three people. Mm. Mm-mm. I had no exceptions. <laughs> I had no exceptions. And I know I know you're like, well, what about what about the teacher who stood up for her? And, and, and the, the girl that tried to help her? And, and even her guy friend, he was all right. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, I, I, it is funny. It's like, I kind of agree. Um, I was texting a couple of my friends who just been, have been recommending it to me for so long. I was like, as soon as I saw them getting ready to put the, the red blood bucket up, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I agree with Carrie. I understand. I'm like, cause I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to not have known the school scene, like the, the, the prom scene exists. Right, right. Because, I mean, it's just that's the most well-known scene in the film. Right. 
Uh, yeah, and I was like, it's so funny because we've gone through, you know, Psycho, Shining, Exorcist, uh, The Thing. The Thing is probably the only exception. Where, like, but for the most part, like, all of these horror movies have, like, a great story buildup, but, like, the 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 horror of it is, like, in the last 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you're like, you know, what is this? And so, like, obviously, like, yeah, we've known about the ending of Carrie forever because it's just impossible to ignore. But that was, to me, I was like, getting the context of why she did does what she does i mean obviously mm-hmm. the pig blood the pig blood is enough for me but like but like why they got to that point why they decided to do that the their relationship her relationship with the other students yada yada i was like i'm really trying to understand how it got to that point and like i said like it, it only took 5 minutes and i'm like an hour into this movie just yelling at my screen going Kill these people, Carrie. <laughs> like, like I mean, kill them. I mean, kill them. Well, like, because I mean, the first five minutes, I'm already frustrated with everybody. But then it keeps mm-hmm. going, and you realize how awful these people are, and their reasoning for doing what they're doing is nonsensical. It's just like, oh, I've never wanted so many people to die so so quickly, and it's, it's, it's so like, I, I was like. I oh my god like like forty minutes of me just going why aren't these people dead <laughs> like you know it's just it's it's tough to give that gripe um, when she I mean she just has she had just discovered her powers right. at the beginning of the film herself so I mean I'm, it's it's interesting to see like you know it's funny I'm, I'm thinking it just popped in my head Carrie used the force before Star Wars <laughs> invented the force. Carrie invented the force. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Because <laughs> this came out what a year before Star Wars did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nineteen seventy six, and uh, Star Wars came out in seventy seven. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I. I want to. I want to discuss everybody's uh, performances in this movie. Um. I, I guess. Um, just right off the bat, I would love to just mention um, Sissy. Spa- uh, Sp- I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Sissy Spacek and Amy Spacek. Irving. Um, I think it's Amy Irving. I think she played the mother. It's either her or Piper Laurie. I, Piper Laurie played the mother. Yeah. Piper Laurie. Okay, yeah. Just their man. Their performances were top tier. Yeah. Um, just both played just such crazy roles and it's just I mean of course for Sissy just for her you just see her mental state just continue and continue to break and just when the blood gets dumped on her and you just see her big eyes just staring at everybody you know it's over (laughs) oh man like what what uh, like yeah going back to the beginning um when she discovers she's she's got her period and she freaks out, like completely freaks out, right? And I, I was like, okay, like you know, like I'm gonna get a little personal here, but like in high school, we that happened to a, a girl that you know, we, in class, she discovered that she had her period, right? And it's the worst, most embarrassing thing you could you could imagine, right? She didn't know. 
You know, she's got on bright green pants. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Her day's ruined, right? Right? But everybody in that classroom, male and female, you know what I'm saying? We we made her feel comfortable. We got her some pads. We we got her something to cover up her, her pants. You know what I'm saying? We treated her like, you know, you're good. Like, you're you're with friends. You're in a safe place, right? So In this movie, they make yeah. it seem like it's like the most worst thing ever. Right. And they... And I, and I mean, like, I don't want to be mean, but like, she was, I mean, she didn't know. Like, she didn't know what the, what it was. Like, you could tell, like, her mother hadn't told her. She, she wasn't familiar with the concept. Uh, so she freaks. And they made it worse. <laughs> right? oh, way worse. They way worse. It, they absolutely made it worse. And it's like, okay, they clearly don't like this girl. They think she's different. They think she's weird. That's fine. But that is a universal, like the, the, her getting her period is a universal thing for them to behave that way. Like that was just, that was, ugh, that was awful. Um, so like I said, that's, that's when I'm like, Oh, okay. All of you can die. Um, but then we get her in the principal's office and this month, this, this month here, he was told her name three different times by, by the, 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 the gym teacher, by Carrie herself, like everybody is Cassie. saying, my name is Carrie. And she, he keeps calling her Cassie. I was like, now we're like eight minutes in. I'm like, kill, kill him. Like, like I'm just like, everyone die. Then we finally meet her mom, and her mom's a nutcase. Like, like and it's it's like, I, I love the scene where she goes to a uh, old girl's house and she's like trying to preach her the word of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I like. Mad props to Piper Laurie. Like, mad props. She is so good in this movie. She is so good. She plays the frenetic, uh, hyper-religious mother role so impeccably well. So Mm -hmm. impeccably well. And it's funny because uh, she was originally told... She wasn't originally told it was a horror movie. So, like... She was she was literally told that it, she was playing a comedy, so that's how she played it. Like like yeah, so she played it kind of comedically, not thinking like you know it was a horror movie. They didn't tell her mid, until midway through. Like no, we're actually doing a horror movie. They made her performance so over the top too. Exactly, but it was the perfect tone for it. So like mm-hmm. it was a perfect tone for it. She's so good throughout the entire movie. Um, real quick, uh, Sissy Spacek and. Piper Laurie both received Oscar nominations for this movie. Good. As they should. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, neither one, but man, Piper Laurie should have won. <laughs> like, Piper Laurie should have won. I know it was a hard category. I can't remember who beat her, but oh, man. She she should have won that one. That, that was an impressive performance. <laughs> um, but yeah. So there's a couple of points that I want to talk about uh, in this movie, particularly the hyper religiosity of it is a is a big is a big aspect of this movie. Right. Uh, Because, you know, you mentioned Carrie has the force, Uh, the force of whom exactly, (laughs) exactly. And and how it's used. Uh, I thought we would get an explanation as to how she had those powers and we don't. Like mm-hmm. it's just immediately thrown in. Carrie can move things with her mind. 
And yep. I thought that was an interesting, interesting decision. What did, what did you think of that? Yeah, no, I mean, I was completely fine with that because, I mean, uh, as because I mean, I guess you can consider this low budget horror. Just this isn't a film where everything needs to be explained. Um, not um, just if you're sitting down for a story and you just see her starting to learn to, to I guess, acquire powers that that can be good for used for good or bad. That's great. Like, I it's not there's not much rhyme or reason for it why it needs to happen. It's just our main focus of the film, which is fine. Yeah, no, like I I thought it was really cool that like yeah we don't know where her powers come from, but it's also like it seems like people, especially in the beginning, know she has them, like or at least think she has them because she you know. She sends the the ashtray off the desk. Mm-hmm. She, uh, you know, she the the boy that teases her. She makes him fall off his bike. So like, you you think that there's some um, there's at least some passing knowledge that she can do this, and it doesn't matter because it's not it's not like hey they know she can do this and they saw her do it and that's why they bully her. Like no, mm-hmm. like it's merely. She's weird. She's different. Her mom's a uh, religious nut, you know, bothering all the parents. So they take it out on Carrie. Um, Yeah. And her powers are never really explained. They're not. We don't go into it very much. It's just there. And I like that because there's something that is something that in sequels and the remakes that they tried to go back and explain. And it was like. Mm, it's, it. it's it's one of those things, yeah. Like you said, it's just not needed. Yeah, it's not, it will will need this. I mean, it, it's cool, but it's not necessary. Like, like yeah, just it's it's one of those things that just kind of fit, turn a uh, what? It, how long was this movie? What an hour and a half? Yeah, an hour and a half. They just they they did that to fill modern day runtimes of hey, we need to reach two hours. Yeah, some yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I was actually kind of amazed that this is only. 98 minute movie because I was like, wow, like we're we're going right through it. There's no fat. They no fat on this. Movie. I, that's what I love about these these films is like this, the original Halloween. There's no extra scenes where I'm like, hey, yeah, we can we can cut this fat off. Every scene is crucial to the plot for me personally because mm-hmm. you had to have all the scenes with the bullies showing the setup and all that. You had to have the the scenes, of course, showing the the kooky mom who just is just off her rocker, super religious. Um, just yeah, yeah. Just every scene worked in this film. Yeah, and yeah. So the the religion of the mom, like we we see, like okay. So after Carrie, you know, has her period. They call home, which I don't know why they did that, but like they call home and let her mom know, like, you know, we sent Carrie home. She, you know, experienced her first period and it was kind of a traumatic experience for her. And her mom, you know, makes her read the Bible and like basically her her concept of her daughter getting her period is that it wouldn't have happened without, you know, some some form of, of, of sinning, right? Some form of sinning, uh, which she believes is intercourse. Uh, 
Like, you know, which obviously Carrie denies, like, that's not the case. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. she's like, mom, this happens to everyone. This happened to you. Like, why didn't you tell me that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you may, like, now I look crazy because people, like, everybody looks at it normally. And I was the one, like, I thought I was dying. You know, (laughs) like, like, Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought I was dying. So, like, but her mom her her vision of the world is so twisted and so warped around her religious identity that she sees everything as as sinful and it's funny to me like you mentioned pearl earlier uh if you like if you take the religious aspect out of uh pearl it it's basically the same concept with her and her mom her mom yes. just her mom just you know didn't want her to go out into the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, not because she thought it was sinful, but because she needed her help. So, like, but, you know, it's that same contentious relationship of you need to stay here and and live in this life. And Mm -hmm. you can't want anything of the outside world. And her mom's vision of, of her life and her daughter's life is rooted in sin, especially because as we find out later, how her daughter was conceived was through pretty much an act of violence. Uh, And so, yeah, so she holds all the concepts of love, of intimacy, of, you know, the human body uh, as a form of sin. Mm -hmm. And again, because she plays it so over the top and it so well, it, it it works tremendously because you get to see the like if you're not religious, it's it's very comedic for you. But if you aren't that deeply religious, you get to see how someone can take it to that extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the religious aspect is one one big aspect. Uh. The other one that I think we really have to talk about is bullying. Oh, 100%. Dude, as somebody who got bullied my entire life growing up, like, I'm not saying this is an anti-bullying campaign because killing is not the way to go by any means. This is no, like, right off the bat, this is us in no way supporting school shootings at all. Uh, I feel like we need to put that out there. Um, Just as for a fantasized world that this movie like this. I mean, cause every film is fantasized at some point in some way, the way she handled it. I enjoyed because mm-hmm. it's an entertain it's, it's entertainment, but yeah, somebody who grew up getting bullied my whole life. I I'm like, the, I'm a huge um, sponsor for anti-bullying campaigns. Cause that's, yeah, it's, it's huge, man. It's it's funny to me, <clears throat> excuse me. It's funny to me because uh, this was in the seventies, and when, when it was over, that was all I could think of. Is like they had to like it feels very preachy, right? Because it's like it's it, the message of the movie is, hey guys, don't bully. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't bully. Like you don't know who's got telekinesis powers, but like don't bully. You shouldn't do that bullying is wrong and then i found out that the anti-bullying campaign that we had in this country 
still didn't start for another 23 years. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? That is insane. Like, if I had seen this movie, like, that would have been the start of it. Yes. I know the 70s. Like, I, I wasn't here for it, but I've heard the stories. Bullying was horrible in the yeah. 70s. Like, it, it, I would say it was at its worst in the 70s. It calmed down throughout the 80s. It picked back up in the 90s. <laughs> and by the time we got to the 90s, that's when people were like, okay, we're sick of this. And the, do you know why the anti-bullying legislation was put in place? Exactly what caused it? It was the 1999 shooting in, in, in Columbine. Wow. That, that, is what, that is what eventually led to the anti-bullying legislation. And it's... It was so desperately needed, but like, I can't believe it took that long because this movie is so clearly about that issue and about how do we like stop this, right? Like, how do we stop Mm -hmm. this from happening? And it clearly had to be something that was on people's minds and, and prevalent because Stephen King wrote the book on it first and then we had the movie made. So it's like, yeah, like it was it was it was bad. And what was what was bothering me and made me which is what made me go like, oh man, I'm so on Carrie's side here, is like the reasoning for their bullying. <laughs> because they're pieces of shit. That, like, that's that's right. Open a, open a closed textbook. They're, <laughs> they're just they're being assholes because they're assholes. It was, it was literally like no reason. It was like no reason. It was like Nothing. It's like she didn't say anything. It's not like she stole something from you or like she lied about you or she, you know, hurt you in some way. Like nothing. It was literally nothing. And they just didn't like her. They thought she was different, thought she was weird and went to that extreme. Now, mm-hmm. it's funny to me because I'm like, <laughs> I think I, I, I know I haven't seen a lot of movies in the time in which, you know, they've been out. Like I, I've obviously had 47 years to watch this and, you know, just got around to it now. But I think I watch everything when I'm supposed to, right? And Carrie hit a nerve for me because not only was I bullied, I also did some bullying, like, when I was growing up. And I distinctly remember one time we did something pretty awful, and we got caught, we got brought into the principal's office, and all they asked us was, why did you do this? And it was, like, literally right then I was like, we don't have a good excuse, do we? <laughs> like, like we genuinely don't have a good excuse. It was like we like ran through like four or five excuses, and they shot them all down, and we were all like, "Yeah, I guess, I guess we don't have a good excuse." And I'm like, "That's what this is. It's like these kids don't have a good. They have no good reason for doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. At the time, all they can see is red. Though they're just like, oh, this will be this will be a great joke. This will be." funny or this will be awful or we'll get this person and it's just like what why and like there's nothing there's literally yeah. nothing here. and therefore it made the final you know the prom scene that much more satisfying <laughs> that much more satisfying is like as someone who who's who's been in that situation I know, like, if if the person I did that to had telekinetic powers, I'd have been a goner. I know when I was getting bullied, if I had telekinetic powers, mm-hmm. that person would have been a goner. Like, like, so, but 
I'm like, I'm more upset that it took 23 years to get an anti-bullying legislation made because yep. that's ridiculous. They, who knows what what you know occurred in those 23 years? And I think we were all like, oh man, it'd be great to have telekinesis, and then all of a sudden access to guns got a lot easier and made things a lot worse. So like, yeah, like Brandon said, definitely not advocating for uh, school violence. Um, and, and, you know, I would hope people find other ways and solutions of dealing with those issues. Luckily there is legislation in place to where you, you don't have to deal with bullying anymore. And, and there's people you can talk to about it. So it's definitely gotten better, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly far, far from where we were in the 70s. Uh, you know, so it's just, yeah, I, I noticed that about this film is that that's another theme throughout it that is a really strong one because it must have been very prevalent in the time. Mm-hmm. I um unrelated, but there was a, a stand-up comedian on this cruise that I went on a few years ago that, like, while he was making people laugh, he had a good point about cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. He's like, "How do you get bullied in a space? You just <laughs> you get a text on your phone. Oh my god, somebody's gonna get me yeah. at some point in the future. What am I gonna do? Delete it. Did you show up to school the next day? Bully walks up. Hey, yo, you get my text." <laughs> Still your number? Well, let me get your new number. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Delete right. it. <laughs> it took it took me. It, listen, it took me forever myself to figure that out. But literally, all you need to do nowadays is just delete it. Delete it. Yep. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, I never never dealt with cyberbullying. All my bullying was always uh, up close and personal. And uh, it's because you're like fifty years old. Yeah. Well, you know, there's that. And also, like, you know, after a while, like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> like, like now I see movies where there's bullying involved and I'm like, if you don't stand up for yourself, I'm turning this movie off. <laughs> like, like legit. Like, I'm like, I, I can't even watch it anymore because I'm just like, no, like, that's not it's not how you handle things. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out, that that, that was a very big theme throughout uh, this film. Another big theme, which is kind of funny, but it's sexuality. Sexuality is is a really big thing in this movie. Um, not just because of, like, you know, what happens. Like, there's a, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things in here, like how how her mother interprets her. Uh, her getting her period. We also see um, John Travolta and uh, what's the old girl's name? Uh, the one who the 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 queen bullier. What was her name? Nancy Allen. Nancy, yes, Nancy Allen. Not not the that's the actress's yeah, name. That's the actress who plays Christine Hart Harginson. Harginson. Um. Yeah, we see her and and Billy Nolan. Like they they're you know they are weird sexual energy like that was like yeah that was just awful uh, that was another scene where i was like oh please murder anyway <laughs> but um yeah we see even even sue like willing to share her boyfriend with with 
with uh Carrie just to like, you know, I guess she thought that was a cool thing to do to like bring her in the fold. And it's very obvious that like again, this is the 70s. So that that hypersexual energy like was in the air. Everybody was looking to they had, it was that period of time where rock and roll had come come into the spaces and kids were more rebellious and free thinking and you know they wanted they wanted to have sex it, it's cool like so that era come like combined with uh Carrie's religious upbringing and just how those two worlds clashed and didn't meet each other that's that's also there i think her mom explaining how Carrie was was conceived is also a very interesting aspect. You can tell it's something she resented, but it's also something that she admits to enjoying mm. and she feels guilty for. And finally, when she's killed, um, <laughs> there's the religious significance of, you know, her looking how uh, uh, Carrie's uh, Jesus is in the closet, you know, arms, arms, Splayed and and the knives in her chest, uh, similar to how her Jesus looks. Uh, so there's that symbolism there, but also the noise she makes and how Carrie responds to it. She doesn't like scream like, "Oh, I, I'm you know m- dying." She kind of moans <laughs> like I don't know if you noticed that, but like she moans and it cuts back to Carrie several times and Carrie's. Like kind of blocking her ears, but also like looking like, oh, I don't want to hear this. Like, 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 kind of like uncomfortable. It's like, it's like, oh, like this is this is her O moment, right? To mm-hmm. put it to PG it up. Like, this is her O moment of she's. <laughs> I hate to say it like this. She's coming, but she's coming to Jesus, <laughs> like, and that's her ultimate. Uh, Oh, moment is like, ah, I satisfied both a sexual urge and a religious urge at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like a peaceful transition for her in that regard. And which makes Carrie uncomfortable, which is hilarious. So I just thought that was very well done of how they showed that in the editing. Yeah. You know, um, I, I guess I, I, I kind of want to end the review here in a second, but I, I I can't go without talking about that one freaky shot mm. of the the meme eyes on Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Why did you put that there? Like the glowing eyes? Yeah, that scared very, the piss very out of me. Interesting choice. <laughs> very interesting choice. It and it's like the final shot of the movie too. Yeah, it's like it, it was very. I don't know why they did that. Like, I was, I'm sure there's an explanation for it somewhere. But, I mean, to me, it's just very good horror imagery, mm-hmm. right? Like, where it's just like, what's something innocuous that, that could still scare the hell out of somebody? And, like, yeah, I think that's perfect. And I think that is a nice little uh, allegory for not just their love of, of you know, Christ, but also how they use and abuse Christ in a in a sense to where his eyes glowing are mm-hmm. like the manifestation of seeing all sin and seeing nothing but sin. Yeah. Right? 
I think that that's that's a, a good allegory for that. So maybe that's why they did it, uh, which would totally work. Um, last time I was on uh, with uh, with uh, Ben, he mentioned he mentioned like, oh, sometimes when I'm watching the older films, I got to be like, oh, be like, oh, there's that cliche. There's that cliche. And he's like, wait. Maybe this movie invented that cliche, <laughs> like, and that's that's where it's coming from. And I was like, literally at the end when uh, Sue goes to uh, put flowers on Carrie's grave, I was like, oh, here it comes, here comes mm-hmm. the hand reaching up from the ground. And I was like, I was like, oh wait, they might have invented this. Like, like I was like, that might be the the where this comes from. And sure, sure as hell that that's what they did. But I love that it wasn't like, oh, the hand comes up and then fade to black. And that's the end of the movie. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it's like, the hand comes up. We realize it's a dream and we realize this girl is tormented by it. I yeah. was like, that's that's better. <laughs> like that. That's much better. Um, so, yeah, you can tell this is where uh, it started. But everyone has taken it and ruined it. But <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great, great, uh, great trope. Uh, so last thing. Um, we kind of we kind of talked about it. We kind of glossed over it a little bit, but the final prom scene is to me not it's satisfying. But for everything that I was waiting for that entire hour, I was like, man, I wanted I just wanted a little bit more. For its time, it did yeah. it well. Yes. Nowadays, nowadays you're looking for a, like a like a blood bath. Yeah. But, I mean, back then, I mean, that was just like I could I I could imagine myself sitting in that theater, nineteen seventy six, the the loaded crowd, everyone's like, oh my god, yeah, oh definitely, but yeah, especially especially for uh, uh, Christine was her name, oh my god, I just Harginson, Harginson, yeah, for Harginson, like she got it bad, she got it bad. I wanted her to like when the car blew up and it was on fire. I still wanted her to like crawl out on fire, carry Sear, and just just go a just a little bit further because like there's no one who deserved a more gruesome catharsis <laughs> type death than than that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny too because I remember I remember a while ago I posted on our on our Twitter. It's like, oh, name a character in a movie whom you still haven't forgiven for what they did. And I wish I had seen this before I posted that, because I'm like, this chick right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this this one right here, she she could she could be long gone. Like she she's she's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Um nothing against Nancy Allen. I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's fantastic. But Christine Harkinson is trash. <laughs> like pure trash. Uh but okay, let's wrap it up. What are you giving final ratings for Carrie? Um, I need to pull up my letterbox because I have it. Um, I think I gave it a three and a half. I think for <laughs> I think I think it was great for mm. its time, mm. but modern day, just I I feel like it could have been a little bit more, even though it didn't waste its runtime. But I think after discussing with you, I have to bring it up to a four. Mm. So that is me bringing it up to a four right now. But yeah, I gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd when I first watched, but definitely a four now. Okay. Yeah, like when this movie was done, I literally applauded. <laughs> like, like it was, 
it just the 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 speed of the runtime, the efficiency of the direction, Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie's amazing performances, uh, the satisfying nature in which it dealt with religiosity, sexuality, uh, bullying, that whole concept. It's it's a little preachy, but I feel like it's its purpose is to be preachy because of the time period that it was in. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot of great horror movies this month. To me, like, you know, you got your standouts. I think, you know, uh, obviously The Exorcist, Psycho, those are big ones on, on my list. But I really think I loved I loved Carrie the most. I really do. So, like, for me, I think I'm going to ride a four and a half on this one. Nice. Uh, yeah, like, I just, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, not quite as good as Psycho. Not quite as good. But, like, I think it's up there. I think it's definitely one of the top tier horror films of, of I would say, the top tier seminal horror films. Like, of the ones that have started something and, and, and created something out of it. Like everything that we saw, which is kind of crazy. I don't know if you know this, but every movie that we saw uh, this month, all the original ones were done by top tier auteurist directors. Mm-hmm. And all of them either have a sequel or a spinoff that was done by somebody else. And they're just all bad. <laughs> like, like with the exception of like Exorcist 3, they're all bad. Like, and it's just like, that's amazing that so many people are like, hey, this is a great idea. This is a great concept with these starting movies. Let's build on it and, and branch off of it. And we can't get it right. Like, mm-hmm. not a, Nobody's been able to get, like, with the exception of, like, I guess Halloween for a tiny bit of time. For a little bit, yeah. And mm-hmm. when they kept making more, it, just, it, it really, really fell off. Rob Zombie's Halloween's weren't good. David Gordon Green should never direct another movie again. We saw that be with Exorcist Believer. Just it's it's shocking to me. Like like Friday the Thirteenth does it well. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street does it well. Child's Play, I can say, do is, does it well. Yeah, it's very rare that any other films are doing it well, though. Yeah, it, it's kind of shocking, honestly. <laughs> like. Like how bad uh, they they've been at it, and it's like it's like I need y'all to stop touching stuff. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like we you get a great film by a great artistic director. It's like imagine if like Jordan Peele's Get Out. Like imagine if we get a Get Out or Get Her Out. You know, saying too like, and it's by David Gordon Green. Like you can be like, okay, look, stop touching stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. like I need y'all to really get your hands out of things like mm-hmm. hello. So, but that wraps up our spooky month. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Four stars for Brandon, four and a half stars for me on Carrie. We checked out Carrie, the shining, the thing exorcist and psycho. I hope you guys, if you've never seen any of those movies, go back, check them out. They're all amazing. And listen to our, our spooky month season. It's been quite a blast. Uh, all right, so let's move on to what's good. What's good? What's good? What's good?
Brandon, what has been good for you, sir? Man, I uh, I finally got around to watching David Fincher's Sesevivin. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't. It's uh, for the longest time I was trying to figure out. I'm like, how do you say that? No, um, I uh, I finally got around to watching Seven. That was great. Um, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, man, are just two like two of the best actors we have. Um, like I mean, we have so many great actors as well. But just when it comes to when you when you think about just early like. 90s 2000s actors those are the two that come to mind this film was so good from beginning to end kevin spacey played the perfect villain um just there just the psychological thriller of brad pitt's deterioration of his mind of just him dealing with this case is just so good oh absolutely and like it it's such a good movie, and and the way it plays through, it's just like, oh man, like it just gets darker and darker and heavier and heavier. When you finally get to the final reveal, I was like, man, mm. uh, and yeah. you're right, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, they they kill it. That's that's one of, I don't know if they've had any more movies together, but they should. Like that's crazy. Uh, it's a crazy pairing, and yeah, they did they did an amazing job with that. Okay, yeah, so for me, my What's Good This Week is actually a movie that I keep returning to every year uh, just because it's that it's that good, uh, and that is V for Vendetta. Um, yeah, this movie, I, I have to watch it every year because it's such a profound uh, movie uh, that is really kind of day by day becoming more prevalent to our time. Um, but it's just, it's also a fantastic movie that like, I get it. Like it's, it's mainly fantasy. It's mainly, you know, uh, you know, science fiction or action fantasy, but it's actually one of those movies that I'm like, I kind of wish they taught this in schools. Cause it's just, it's, it's vital. I think net to, to what we're seeing in the world. And I think it has a message about fighting against tyranny and what that would look like. And um, I just think it's a strong movie overall. Natalie Portman is fantastic in it. Hugo Weaving is fantastic in it. It's a movie I constantly come back to and that I just will never stop enjoying. So for me, my what's good this week is V for Vendetta. Um, So that's V for Vendetta for me. That is seven for Brandon. Uh, check both of those movies out. Those both sound amazing. And uh, yeah, that is going to be what is good from us here at Film Code. All right. <laughs> We're going to get up out of here. <laughs> Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. Yeah, you guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C ears over on X and Letterboxd. Uh, go check out what I'm watching. Uh, wrapping up my 31 movies of horror this month. Um, not sure what I'm going to start watching next, but yeah, stay tuned. And my name is Phoenix Cloud, and guys, you can find me on Twitter, which is what it is really called, <laughs> at IMHO Reviews One. That's the number one, and on Letterbox under PA Clouded. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Film Code Pod. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Spooky Month. Stay tuned for Chris Mahana Kwanis a cut season. <laughs>
If not, if we do it, we are out of here. Peace.